Hi everybody and welcome to the Why Don't We Talk podcast season 2. My name is Renu Ravalia and I am a spiritual life coach and mindfulness meditation teacher. I help women who want to align with their true selves, raise their consciousness and just prioritise their needs a little bit more. You can learn more about me by visiting Instagram at I am Renu Ravalia. So I created this podcast last March when I realised that we really struggle to talk about things. I wanted to create a space where people could talk openly about topics, hoping to challenge views, open minds, shift mindsets and just get people talking a little bit more. I would love for you to support this podcast by sharing it with friends and family and by following us on Instagram by searching Why Don't We Talk Podcast. In advance, I would personally like to thank you for being here and joining me on this journey. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as I enjoyed recording. Hi guys and welcome. So today's topic is one that I didn't actually realise bothered me that much. So let me start with reading you this. Lanky. Definition. A person ungracefully thin and tall. So this is a word that I was called as a child growing up and I didn't really think about it too much. But looking up at the definition, it kind of made me feel like this could be part of the reason why I have always been a little bit, I hate to say obsessed, but let's say body image has been pretty important to me. So I wanted to bring somebody in who could talk a bit more about body image and what it's like to be, I guess, a slim person. Um, I wanted to bring somebody in who was willing to talk openly about how we can change the views around body image and how we can help the next generation. So today's expert is Anupa. She's going to be telling us together, well, we're both going to be talking about it, why don't we talk about body image? Hi Anupan, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. So I've obviously gone through my introduction where I've spoken a bit about um, our conversation and a few of, I guess, my issues as such we will talk about more later. But can we just start with hearing a bit more about you, where you're from, what you do, anything you want to share with us so people can learn more about you? Yeah, no problem. Hi, Renu. Thanks for having me. So my name's Anupa, uh, Anupa Roper. I was Patel um, till 13 years ago. Well, 13 and a half now, but yeah, Anupa Roper. And I'm 42 years old. I've got two children. So I've got a boy age 10 and a girl age 11. And I'm a primary school teacher. So I've been a primary school teacher for 17 years. Um, but the reason I'm here today is obviously uh, back in April, I started an Instagram page. And the main purpose of that was to share my story and talk about my own body image issues and as you mentioned about the word lanky for me um you know the word that's been synonymous with me growing up is skinny and when you actually look at that word and you see the meaning of that word it's not a very nice meaning and yeah I guess I just never felt represented so I wanted to start a page just to talk about my experiences and maybe give some support to other ladies that might be in the same position or boys or men, whoever, that maybe have experienced the other side of the spectrum because we don't often 
often hear body image issues in terms of smaller people. We often hear about body image issues in terms of people that are larger than society would expect people to be. Mm, yeah, that's true, actually. And just before we were talking about kind of, and you said as well, skinny was the word, lanky was my word. And it was only because of this podcast, I looked up the meaning of it. And I never really realized how it impacted me. But when I was around sort of 23, 24, I'd broken up with a boyfriend. And I had gone from a size 8, 10 to a size 14 with no idea of how that happened. And when I looked on the scales and it said, I think it said 60 kg, I remember just, and this sounds really dramatic, but I remember being like, oh my God, I'm fat. Oh my God, how, how has this happened? And obviously I was quite young, so it was quite easy to go to lose the weight. And you know, I enjoy walking, I'm quite active, so it was okay. But it, ever since then, I've realized that now when I weigh myself, which I do every now and then, sometimes I avoid it just because I get a bit scared it psychologically impacted me massively. And if I weigh myself and I see that I've put on weight, I almost go into like mental panic mode that, oh my God, I'm going to get fat. And I hate, I'm, I'm hearing myself, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, but I've never thought about it. But I will then stop eating as much or I'll watch my food or I'll take sugar out of my diet or I'll do something. And it comes very much down to the fact that I was the thin one in our family between my two sisters. And that was mm. my thing. So if I lost that thing, then who would I be? And I think that's quite that's quite scary to extent where it has become psychologically something that I do now without even really thinking about it. So I want yeah. to hear a bit more about you yeah. and your stories and your body image kind of, uh, I guess, experiences as well. Yeah, it becomes part of your identity, doesn't it? Your size and through your life, that's part of how you're identified. Mm -hmm. The sad part of it is that our, you know, our size um, is, it determines our worth sometimes. Mm -hmm. And actually, that shouldn't be the case. So it is a part of our identity. And I completely agree with you. Like I've put on weight three times in my life. So obviously, with my two children, but the other time I traveled around Australia for a year, I was eating takeaway and drinking beer every day. And I put on pretty much the same weight I did when I was pregnant but actually when I came home and I was just eating normally and not restricting anything but just eating normally um it, I soon came back to my natural weight so I do think we all have a sort of natural size where we feel comfortable but I get I guess the thing is for me I, it shouldn't be wrong whatever size is your natural size shouldn't be wrong and we should all um be wanting to have a healthy body image but we should all be wanting to have a healthy body you know as well and that's okay but it's just about when you talk, that's quite worrying, isn't it? That it's um, so negative that you weigh yourself and it feels, you know, it's, it's, it's awful that society has made us feel that we should feel bad for that, you know, because we should also be able to enjoy ourselves. I think my whole thing is, um, well, I don't know, there's so much to it. It's about the name calling, you know, it's about the throwaway comments, it's about the language that we use. There's so much involved in it. But at the end of the day, what I want people to realize is that we are worthy despite what we look like. That shouldn't be the most important thing um, in our lives. Mm. But also, that it's okay to be the size that we are, whatever that naturally is. And also that it's okay to enjoy food and enjoy life because we're only here once. So there's so many aspects to it. But I guess the bigger picture is that our weight, our size, our appearance takes away so much of our happiness and enjoyment of life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that's the thing, like, you know, you don't want to be that person. And I guess when you're so confident with yourself and who you are, and you know your identity, then it won't matter as much. But you're 
I feel like you almost have to be conscious in order to get to that place in the first place. So conversations like this are amazing because it feels like everybody goes through the same stuff as well. It's not, you don't just feel like you're alone, which I think is really important for us to understand and, and actually believe as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, you talk a lot about that, you know, having conversations is just vital. You know, we, we, um, I don't know why we feel we can't share our vulnerabilities in all aspects of life. And obviously, you know, you, you talk yourself about a little bit of a cultural limitation. And yes, that exists, but it is just um, a wider issue anyway. In all cultures, certain things are taboo, certain things are stigmatized, certain things we don't feel we can share, certain things are seen as private. But essentially, in all aspects of life, whether it's mental health, whether it's body image, whether it's how we feel when we've had children, whether it's what we're like as parents after divorce, blah, 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 mm-hmm. mixed marriages, whatever it might be, the more we're open, the more we talk, the more we share, the more we are stronger together and the more we can be the best version of ourselves but we can't be the best version of ourselves because we're scared all the time about what we're allowed to talk about how we're allowed to feel what is okay and what is not okay it's a lot of thinking isn't it it's actually energetically exhausting when you actually when (laughs) your decisions are based on all this stuff you know it's really funny because um I run like a woman's members club And just yesterday, I shared something with them that was very kind of private, very personal. And I kind of did it as my first step of coming out. I say it like coming out because (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I only realized recently vulnerability is not something that I felt comfortable with. And it's because Mm -hmm. we don't always know that people can support our vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. we almost feel like, because as women, I feel like we're always thinking about other people and other people's needs. We don't always put our needs first. So I might not have been always vulnerable or spoken about this stuff in the past because I'm like, can people handle it? And are my needs even important? And when you, like you said, the bigger picture, when you start to realize that actually your needs are important, that's when the conversation starts as well. You're like, actually, no, this needs to be said. This needs to be spoken about, you know? So it's definitely an interesting journey overall. But um, Mm. I wanted to talk a bit more about kind of body image after giving birth, because that's something that I've not really experienced. And I wanted to talk about it because I feel like, and I was talking about this yesterday. So I've got friends who've had babies, friends who are pregnant. And there is this thing where you want to, you want to go back to the size that you were. I've had people Mm. who've put on weight and said, you know, I don't even want to show myself because I don't like my body anymore. And I don't feel like it's something that really is discussed openly how to get back I see the celebrities doing it and I see celebrities but obviously and I think this is something that's not said but they have the money to spend on doing things excessively right so for a normal person who doesn't have like millions of thousand pounds to to invest in in you know not working and going to the gym and having a PT like 10 times a day like how has that affected you being a mother and your mental health and and what advice would you give people as well Yeah, so for me, it's kind of twofold because with my first child, so I've got a daughter who's coming up for, well, she's 11 and a half. After I had her, honestly, you wouldn't have been able to tell. Like my midwife came to check my stitches and she was like, Anupa, why are you still wearing your maternity trousers? Because for me, I was the opposite way. Like when I was pregnant, I loved having that full feeling. I had wrists, I had ankles, you know, I loved it. I loved feeling fuller. And then it completely dropped off. And after about two days, honestly, even in the hospital, after I'd given birth, the nurses were like, where's your stomach gone? Because obviously you still, still sometimes have a stomach. So the first time around, but again, it wasn't necessarily a positive thing because I kind of felt a bit 
like um, other mums were maybe judging or I felt like, oh, no, they don't fit, think I fit in with their group now because I'm not like them. I haven't put on the weight that I'm supposed to put on or that I haven't got the mum body that I'm supposed to have. And so maybe I kind of felt like, oh, they won't want to talk to me or, you know, that I don't necessarily, I feel like maybe there's an em- there's a e- level of envy there, but it's not my fault. I didn't choose for that to be the way. So that was the first experience. Then the second experience with my son, I actually had a cesarean. So, you know, as you all know, or as other mothers will know, when you have a cesarean, that does cut into your tummy muscles. So it's a little bit different in terms of the recovery. And I remember sitting with a cushion over my stomach for months afterwards because I still had a tummy and I hadn't ever known having that you know feeling so I used to sit with a cushion over me so no one could see this stomach and it took a lot longer for that weight to come off I didn't do anything about it you know it would just naturally over the months it fell off and you know I'm back to what I would say is my natural size I'll never be I don't think well and obviously things will change because people's bodies change but I don't think I'll ever be huge um but yeah alongside that obviously that's the weight side and maybe how you look and you're um abdominal area because that does change but also obviously you know you do get stretch marks I haven't got huge stretch marks but I have got some um and you um I breastfed both of my babies so again first time daughter was fine when I breastfed my son he was a big drinker he drank and drank and drank and drank and that affects you know your breasts and you end up feeling empty and you're just different but the thing I think I want to emphasize is firstly why can't we just um, own our feelings? It's okay to mourn that our body has changed. That's okay. It's all right to mourn, you know, things that we lose, isn't it, in life or things that change or, Mm. you know, when we go into a new job and we miss our old job, we're allowed to mourn that, aren't we? We're allowed to say, oh, I really miss my old job. Why can't we miss our own body, our old body? That's okay. I think it's okay to mourn it. I think I'd love to live in a society where we didn't need to mourn it. I think I'd love to live in a society where um, it was acceptable that mums look completely different, that we have bigger tummies or, you know, I'm not the average mum after having children, but I have plenty of friends that are. Why isn't it okay that our tummies are covered and riddled in stretch marks? Because that would be a beautiful society to live in, which brings me to the second point, which is that, you know, We need to be able to say, okay, our bodies are changing. That's natural. There's going to be a lot more changes. I'm 42, you know, um, an age where changes become more obvious. You get gray hair, you get wrinkles. We have to embrace these as part of our story, as part of our life. So those stretch marks are a sign that we've given birth, that we've brought a life into the world. I mean, my tiny body fit two babies in it, you know, and I gave birth. That's amazing. And instead of being able to focus on that, you know, we're focusing on our body image because like you say, in the media, we're seeing all these celebrities and there are a few now that will come and speak and, um, you know, give that other side and go, well, no, I don't need to bounce back. You know, this is natural. This is what I'm like. Um, I know obviously on I'm a Celebrity at the moment, there's Giovanna Fletcher and she is one of those that does speak about natural sizes and she's, a you know, probably an average size lady, mm. you know, she's not toned and massively, you know, slim, which is seen to be the way that you should be. And it's nice to just 
feel natural but like so that's the advice I would give is one own it anyway it's okay to mourn it it's okay to have feelings that's fine secondly though try and see the amazing thing that has come out of your body changing because it's going to carry on changing it doesn't stop here we've had kids but there's a long way to go you know things are going to change you know and that's okay and thirdly you know if we just step up as ourselves and talk about things as ourselves and show up and go yeah okay I've got a bit of a tummy or I've got this or I've got that then we can all embrace things together. You know, we're not just going to see the celebrities, but we're going to see the normal mums mm. that have the accounts on Instagram, the normal mums that have the accounts on Facebook and see people that actually look like us, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love what you said about the morning. Like that really stuck in my head because I was talking to my sister um, who's got a little boy who's two years old now. And we were just saying about, and this is completely not related to body image, but to, to do with just mourning and talking about stuff. I'm saying, well, mourning this year, mourning that this year didn't go the way it should have gone, you know? Yeah. Um, mourning the loss of a year, to be honest, you know, mourning so much. So I think just talking about stuff like that is just so important. I love also the whole, what you said about, um, you know, Giovanna Fletcher, who seeing people out there who are just acceptable of who they are, and okay with it, it does inspire you to think, actually, yeah, that's that's okay, that's that's fine. And I think I'm I'm generally quite a spiritual person, so I try to see things very from a very spiritual perspective. And I think if we strip away, you know, all the stuff that doesn't matter, like our body image, you know, really, who are we deep down? And that's what we need yeah. to focus on as well, you know. So you said earlier you spoke about um setting up this page. And I know you do a lot of work on um, kind of helping the next generation, which I believe really strongly in as well. Can you just talk about what you do and where that comes from and just a bit more about how we can help the next generation to just be more body positive with their image? Yeah, sure. I mean, to be honest, the the children thing was quite incidental because my page was purely just because I wasn't going to be working and I thought, you know what? I've got to do something for myself because I'm just homeschooling. It would be nice to have something. And literally, I just thought, I'm going to set up an Instagram page. And I did that in April. And I was initially just thinking... I've wanted to share my story of being skinny and what that means to me and how that's affected many of my choices and experiences. But then my daughter turned 11 in May. And in between that time of me starting my page and her birthday, which was only a month, I hadn't ever even been on Instagram. I hadn't ever even seen Instagram. So I went on on April and that was the first site I had of it. And honestly, I was so shocked wow. at seeing the accounts, at seeing the perfection, mm. so-called perfection out there, at seeing what my daughter will one day when she's on Instagram see, and it broke my heart. And wow. I thought, no, do you know what? It's not just about sharing my story. I need to make sure that this whole platform, that every platform that my daughter and son go on changes because I can't have them seeing this and thinking this is what they need to aspire to. You know, it's one thing having Love Island on the telly. It's another thing having it on your phone and scrolling it all day long. And I thought, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about supporting children. My initial thoughts were, obviously, as a teacher, wouldn't it be great if we had a program that we could run in schools about body image? But, you know, that's that's a pipe dream. It may happen. But at the moment, like you say, with COVID and everything else, it's not a possibility to go in and out of schools at the moment. So I kind of thought, what can I do to start this journey? And obviously, I do do a lot of talking and I do post because I think it's important, not just it wasn't just about being skinny and it isn't just about children. It's about men. It's about everybody and their body image. But 
my initial step is that I've written a children's book actually and it's going to be out in February so I'm just um working with the illustrator at the moment and it's a really simple book and it's for young a young age three to five year olds because again when I was looking at research children as young as three and four and I know that's the age where they're beginning to communicate, but they're already, and there's um, research from, um, it was the um, research for body appearance in Bristol mm. um, that I've been in touch with, that they are already building um, a view of what um, body, of what appearance basically, you know, and judgment of other appearances, of knowing that somebody is fat or somebody is thin or that what which one is the most, you know, accepted by society. And I, that really shocked me, you know, and I thought, wow, there needs to be some work here with the kids. Because like you say, when we strip it all away, we want our kids to be, we want them inside to be the best that they can be. Mm. And in order to do that, they need to concentrate less on their appearance. So at the moment, there's that book. There's obviously my posts on Instagram and I will do all that I can. I'm hoping, you know, I'd love to campaign when you see, I don't know if you've seen the apps that you get that you you can completely change the shape of your face, the shape of your body. And honestly, I feel sick just talking about it because with an 11 year old daughter, you can imagine, you know, coming up to teenage years. I just wonder, you know, will she fall for that? At the moment, she's very sweet. She doesn't really have access to social media. She's not really concerned with her appearance. And other 11-year-olds are. There are Mm. girls in her class that wear full makeup. I kid you not. And they are 11. I kid you not. That's really scary. I find that really scary that, that, that you, at that age, you feel the need to wear makeup, to basically make yourself look like something you're not. Isn't that scary? Oh, it's really scary. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not a big makeup person, mm. as you can see, and you're not a big makeup no. person. I mean, I do wear a little bit of makeup. And as I've got older, I'll put a little little bits on, but not much. And I do think makeup is okay as you get older or as a woman or to express your personality, mm. to dress up when we go out. I, I think makeup's fine. But at 11, they don't need it. Their skin is beautiful. They look beautiful just the way they are. So I think, yeah, it's just so so scary and I want that to change so yeah part of it would possibly be campaigning against these apps that do they need to exist do we need to change the size of our bodies because there's one thing where we used to maybe photoshop photos that would be going on the wall Mm. and okay we might have removed a spot or you know we might have just put a bit of brushed a bit of hair straight or whatever but that's that just seems to me completely different, like aesthetically pleasing to put up on a wall mm. compared to changing yourself to put on social media, you know, and if you're seeing yourself filtered day in, day out, day in, day out, then when you really see yourself, what harm is that doing? So I just think, like you, you, you said the other day, you know, on your Instagram post that we need to be the change. And so that's what I would like to do. You know, that's the area that I feel that I would like to support in and we can all support in the way that we have our where we have our strengths you know I can't change the world but if I can change one thing then I can leave a legacy and feel happy about that yeah and I think like I love what you said and I think this is the thing we're so similar in how we want to make a difference in the world you know every time I work on myself it's because I know that the more I work on me the more people become aware of it as well and I think actually also it's about building that inner confidence as opposed to confidence on the outside. Because, you know, as I said, I'm not really a major makeup person. <clears throat> and therefore, I don't really always indulge in, in too many makeup accounts on say, my Instagram as well. Because I don't want to be something I'm not. And it's about being really, really authentic and true to who I am. And 
I feel like the more you can find that self-worth and that enoughness inside you, the less you need to be relying on external stuff like even these apps or makeup or whatever. And only we can do that for the next generation. We can help them to be more confident in who they are because I feel like that's our role. I feel like we're so fortunate to have, and this is what I was talking to somebody about yesterday, to have all the um, knowledge, the availability of knowledge that other generations didn't have. I think I think we're a great generation. I think because especially when you again when we talk about culture we're of a generation where we're allowed to be a little bit more outspoken it's slowly Mm. happening it's not out there completely but we are a generation where we're probably a bit more outspoken I talk to my parents probably now as I've got older I didn't when I was younger which is sad and I hope my children don't you know not speak to me but I think I certainly say things to my parents that I wouldn't have I've just written a short story about my um you know journey of being skinny and in there it talks about my experiences at school and as a teenager and at college and I've shared that with my parents and they Mm. may not have shared something like that with their parents Mm. so we are slowly becoming more open and we're a perfect generation to set a new standard and that's why I just think the quicker we move into making these changes the better don't let's not allow like you know I often talk about Love Island when I'm talking on lives because I just honestly think it's crazy it blows my mind that it was ever even allowed to come on telly and the more we allow it to be there the more there isn't this and it's shocking considering the things that have come out of it you know that there isn't someone saying come on guys we need to actually just completely axe this Mm. and it may not seem like a big thing but it's massive during the time that it's on and with a vulnerable age group that are looking at that and thinking they are the only people that are worthy of love these beautiful people that are a certain size and a certain color and a certain shape and you know a certain personality and I just find it completely crazy so you're right yeah we are the generation that needs to make that change and you know like um things are changing but they just need to change a lot more I I I talk a lot about language I think that the language that we use is really important and we also need to look in ourselves how do we talk about other people do we say oh look at that person they're so fat you know and then our kids pick up on it and then they use that language and so we have to be careful with our language around how we talk about other people how we talk about food how we talk about ourselves you know worth of ourselves if we say negative things about ourselves how can we expect our children to think that they're beautiful you know and even with other people's children all of us adults have responsibility you know when we sometimes see a child we'll often go oh wow you've grown or oh look at your beautiful curly hair you know and that's okay if it's balanced with other things because we often pick up on appearance but we don't say oh how's school going or oh I remember that you played the drums you know are you really enjoying that we very often go back to that appearance thing as our first port of call, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, you've got it. Yeah, it's really funny what you're talking about, um, Love Island, actually. I am a massive fan. Let me, <laughs> let me explain why. So I did psychology as a degree. I have always been fascinated by human behaviour. So without even realising, I analyse everything. Like, I, I, you know, people say to me, oh, you did psychology, I bet you analyse, oh, you're analysing me. And I'd be like, no, but I can't help it. Yeah, I find it fascinating, like so fascinating, reality TV. And you even think like these people become celebrities based on what? Like why do they become popular? 
it almost takes away the beauty of being a celebrity because mm. like when you think when I think of a celebrity I think of somebody who has earned it by working hard you know so like yeah. an actor for example who's started off like for example a really good example is um Sylvester Stallone don't know if you know of his story but yeah, he, yeah. um he's about the dog and he had to sell the dog and he wanted to be Rocky and how far he's come like that's somebody I really really like I'm really inspired by but mm. these new celebrities reality celebrities what have they actually done to get to where they mm -hmm. are and I think that really comes down to if you're somebody who really um appreciates and admires and, and respects people for working hard it doesn't make sense do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make I completely sense. agree. And it's funny you say that. I did psychology and sociology at university. That's quite so a few funny. people say, like, oh, you're analysing. But I'm quite like that. And maybe you've chosen that subject. It's the other way around. It's not that you, you do psychology and then you analyse people. It's because you, you've got that personality type yes. and you choose that subject to study. You yes, know, I yes. love... When I went into teaching, it was... Um, a toss-up between teaching and counselling you know because I just love people I love helping people supporting people you know and that's probably where this passion comes from for years I've been so busy teaching being a mom and now it's I can focus on something that I'm passionate about and I agree you know I don't know like my fear about Love Island and me saying about it being axed yeah I have watched it you know there's that I have watched it you know it's not like I haven't watched it but and I think if you've got that understanding that this isn't real yeah, with yeah. what we have to build in our children then yeah maybe it is okay but at the moment in the society that we live in in the moment at the moment where that understanding isn't out there mm. um it doesn't feel like the right program because essentially if we had more of an understanding about body image if we had more of an understanding of what beauty is i.e all of us then wouldn't that program be so much more representative and it could still be about love yeah, yeah. but there would be the bigger people there would be the smaller people there would be the hairy people there would be you know the people with small breasts or whatever it is and so it just seems like you say just completely random that because they've had a boob job they get to be a celebrity you know because they've kissed a re another reality star they get to be a celebrity so it does take away from um that and I think that's the sadness as well isn't it as life goes on it's becoming things are becoming quite shallow and when I drive past, like, uh, my daughter's school, the older kids, the kids in sixth form, honestly, like, I couldn't spot the difference between many of them. They all look fairly similar. You know, they've all got the same hair, the same eyebrows. They've got the same hitched-up skirt. When I was younger, there was a level of... Um, you know, being yourself, there was a level of that, you know, there were girls that wore Doc Martens and were a bit more, you know, um, had that hippie vibe. There were girls that were a bit more goth. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. But, you know, you, you have different, you know, I don't know what the PC words are anymore. But, you know, you had people that had different styles. But there isn't so much of that now. And maybe that's because what we see on social media and in the telly is quite, you know, it's quite one dimensional, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think also actually being somebody who's from London and the reason why I love London so much is if I go to Camden Town, I see yeah. those people. And, yeah. you know, moving to Leicester, which is the whole reason I think not only I've refound myself because I've realised that people here, and I'm sorry if you're from Leicester, but people here are very old-fashioned <laughs> compared to what I'm used to. And yes. Also, um, and I'll give you an example, actually, when it comes to sort of body image and stuff. So I had gone to a party and I was wearing a short dress and I was also fasting. And somebody said to me, how can you wear that dress when you're fasting? 
And I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, what has me wearing a dress got to do with my religious beliefs? Like, it's just mm. irrelevant. But in some way, like London, you can go to certain places and you can fit in anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like also, and this is really important, to expose your children to different people outside mm. of school. Because in school, it might be everyone's the same, but other people exist. And that's our job as parents, or, you know, to be parents, yeah. whatever, to open the minds of our children that other things exist other than just that sort of perfect image. Other people mm. are out there. So even when I just want some inspiration, I want to motivate myself, I want to feel like I I want to fit into a bigger picture. I'll go to London and I'll walk the streets and I'll go to Camden Town and I'll go to all these different areas and see different people and remember that difference exists. So mm. I think that's really important as well to to bring that to your children and help them to see visually that there's a bigger picture out there as well. Does that make sense? I know when you were talking about London, my 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 thought is it's not about there being differences there. It's about them feeling comfortable to yes, be different. You know, that they are just being themselves. Whereas in Leicester, if you maybe, you know, again, not to state Leicester, I'm born and bred Leicester. Mm. So, <laughs> but, you know, if you were a certain way, you would maybe um, not feel that you could express that as yeah. much as you can yeah. somewhere that's a cosmopolitan city, you know. And I guess, yeah, like you say, just exposing to differences, talking about that you can express yourself how you want to. My daughter, actually, it's funny because I was just thinking the other day that she's gone a bit tomboyish in her way. And I would never stop any of that, you know. If she said, oh, I don't really want to wear dresses and skirts anymore and tights. And she wears trousers to school and all her friends wear skirts. And But you know what? I feel so proud mm. that she can just be, at the moment, who she wants to be. She doesn't have to be a certain way, you know. She doesn't say, oh, because those girls all wear makeup, I want to wear makeup. Or, you know, her friends, she only has, she's got a phone just for school, we just gave her an old phone when she started. She's only started this year. And, you know, I see that her friends on um, WhatsApp and they've all got a Snapchat filter on their photos. And she has got like, you know, just a normal photo of her and her brother in glasses, you know, what you would maybe consider as geeky. And it's fine. She doesn't care because hopefully she's been brought up to know that it's not important it's okay to want to look nice this is this is where your mind kind of gets blown isn't it where's that limit because we all want to look um you know I don't wake up and go it's okay if I look like this I can just go out in my pajamas and not brush my hair or whatever it might be or if I'm going like you say to a party you want to look a nice way but Maybe it's about knowing what that nice way is for you, yes, you know, exactly. and who are you doing it for? Are you dressing in that way for somebody or is that your style that you like? Because I'm very much like if I'm going out, um, for example, you know, when I was younger, because I had quite slim, skinny legs, I wouldn't necessarily wear skirts. And for ages, I felt like that was really weird. I'd wear trousers and a top, which is quite normal now. But in the, when I used to go out, all the girls would wear dresses and high heels and I didn't feel like I fit in. But then I look back and realise now it's not just about my legs. It's about that's what style I feel comfortable in mm. and we should all just be where we feel comfortable. Yeah, and I think we all have our unique, you know, this is what it comes down to. Like how what makes you feel good is unique to you. The other week I decided to curl my hair. I decided to stick on some makeup and just go for a walk. I walk every day. And... 
I think even when I went to the doctors as well, I decided to stick some makeup on. And my husband's like, are you doing it for the doctor? I said, yes, I like my doctor and I want to look good. We've got a problem with that. And he was like, nope, that's fine. But sometimes, you know what, just do it for yourself and just be like, yeah. it's okay. Like, it's just nice to look nice. But like you said, it's got to be your own, your own unique version and understanding yourself. What does that look like to you? And why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? Like you said, it's all about just what is, it's got to be for you, doesn't it? And I, I think yeah. it's amazing what you said about your daughter, that she is absolutely happy to yeah. just be her. And that's thanks yeah. to you because you're happy to be you. That That is, this is what we're saying. The change is about, it's got to come from us because if you weren't happy and okay with who you were, she'd see that because you're the role model. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's how we talk. Even in those <laughs> tiny times where we might say to our other half or to someone, oh, does my nose look big? Or, oh, you mm. know... I don't know, does my skin look hairy or whatever it might be? You know, they overhear that. Children are like sponges. So from a young age, they're obviously soaking up what you say and you don't realise it. But even the other day, I, I know I posted on my Instagram about my son and we went to a park and someone said to him, you know, oh, you're so skinny. Another boy his age, oh, you're so skinny. Don't you eat anything? Mm. And honestly, like I didn't prompt him to say this, but his words back to that boy were, um, I'd prefer it if you call me slim and actually I eat loads of food and I thought bless him you know he's picked up on how to say it in a kind way how mm. to be assertive it's teaching all of that isn't it if you don't feel comfortable with what somebody is saying to you then you must speak up and yes. we must change how that is we can't allow people because these throwaway comments these things that are said I look at my stories because I know you mentioned about, you know, what are your stories that you mm. might have about your body image? And I thought about that. And, you know, I actually thought a lot of my stories are in retrospect. And what I mean by that is at the time, I didn't think they were stories. And it's only now that I look back and I go, wow, that had a profound effect on mm. me. And I'll give you an example, a perfect example of... When I was younger, often I would go to a wedding or I would go to a birthday party, whatever it was. And the first words that people would say to me is, oh, wow, you're so skinny. You know, don't you eat anything? You've not put on any weight. You know, are you? And, and they'd be watching. Am I going to go and get a meal at the wedding or am I you know, going to sit and starve? <laughs> you know, but yeah, and I felt that that affected me in quite a profound way in that, along with other reasons, of course, it wasn't the sole reason, but. I then wasn't open to those extended family meetings. I stopped going to certain weddings and certain parties because I didn't want that judgment. I didn't want to hear that. And so my safe place was being at home. But I don't re didn't realize till I got older that, yeah, maybe that affected my relationships with extended family. And it, it is what it is now. You know, that's your life is your life. But without those throwaway comments, life would be different, you know, with us thinking about what we say to other people, you know, even, even now in our culture, I know it's not so um, prominent where we have arranged marriages or whatever, but what would be the first question that people would ask about someone, you know, how fair is that girl? Yes. How tall is she? Is she slim? You know, and it just seems crazy to me that we live in a world where we worthy, we have more worth on what our appearance is then actually is that person a good person are they going to look after this boy or this girl are they going to be good to them are they going to speak to them kind with kindness are they going to you know support them when they're in bad health <laughs> why is it more important that what you look like and obviously the career fits into that but you know your appearance is a lot of it yeah yeah completely and I think I remember when I had got um I'd got somebody who, you know, for marriage as well from the range space. And they were like, oh, 
um, he's tall and he's fair and, you know, he's slim and he's looking for a girl who's tall as well. And that was the reason why they thought of me. <laughs> and I said, well, well, what about my personality? Because I think one thing that's made, that's almost like, I guess has been like a bugbear for me is I do not want to be, I don't want to be, my whole existence doesn't, shouldn't exist because of what I look like. And that's yeah. made like, I remember my parents, you know, they wanted me to be a model. They're like, oh, you should be a model and stuff. And I remember just being like, no, I don't, I'm more than that. I don't want to just base my whole life. And there's nothing wrong with models out there. We've actually got somebody who's a model who's, who's on the podcast as well. It's fine. But I knew I wanted to be so much more. And I never wanted my looks to define who I was because I knew that there was so much more to me. And I remember just being like, so because I'm tall, let me, because I'm tall, you think I would suit this guy. <laughs> what the hell is that about? You know, literally just being like, okay. But, and I think this is the other thing as well. Sometimes I had held back my, my views because I'm like, are people going to, how are people going to take that? But it's the truth. You're just like, hold on a second. Like, and you're right. It shouldn't be based on your whole looks because you should be so much more than that, you know? And I think that's the whole thing where you say about truth. Isn't this whole life just about truth mm. and authenticity mm. and openness and support and all of those things? And if we had all of those things and we weren't so concerned with these things that are now just, I feel, are so unimportant, we would live in a completely different world because our appearance does define us. You look at who's on telly, who gets chosen to be. I don't see people with acne on mm. telly, but does that mean the people with acne should feel so awful about themselves because they don't see themselves on the front of a magazine but what's wrong with acne if you live with acne and that is part of your existence daily can you imagine how awful it feels you know or you know we wear glasses does that make us ugly you know and because I don't see many people with glasses and I'm sure there's brilliant cameras that can take photos of people with glasses you know unless it's for a you know spectacle advert generally you don't see them you know and if beauty was having brown skin and curly hair, we'd be there, Renu. Yes. You know, we'd be top of the we'd be top of the game. Yeah. But it isn't. Yeah, it's right. you know the, the, the perfection. Well, I say the perfection is, and I was about to say what it is, but actually that's the craziness as well. Is it changes? You know, mm. like the Kardashians come in and then a big bum's in fashion. Well, I'm not just going to get that, am I? I'm not going to be able to miraculously get a big bum to fit in with what beauty is. I mm. can't. So I have to learn to love that. This is me. This is my face. This is my body. And I was saying the other day, to you know, I said to my children, I said, I've got like Dada's nose. I've got my dad's nose. And I've always thought, oh, I've got this big nose. But, you know, one day my dad won't be here. Mm. And I'll look at my nose and I'll say, that was my nose of my dad. And I'll feel blessed that I've got that nose. But we need to do that sooner. We don't need to have people on their deathbed before we appreciate who we are and what we've got from our ancestors. You know, um, there's a lovely poem. I forget who it's by. And it talks about, you know, we need to um, show our daughters and it's about daughters and sons it shouldn't it is a poem about daughters but I believe it's for everybody but we need to show our daughters how we love our bodies and we need to show them how to love theirs Mm. and we need to tell them that their bodies are from their ancestors you know where their smiles come from that where their legs come from where where their heart comes from where everything about them comes from instead of you know I don't know we need to have this certain eyebrow what is this microblading I don't know I'm so old but you know like I just think why are we all want 
wanting to look the same. The world's going to be boring if we all look the same. Yeah, I agree completely. And yeah, I haven't got like I haven't got a clue of half this stuff, and that's on purpose. <laughs> I don't know. And somebody actually said to me not that long ago. A man said to me, um, "Oh, if you want somebody, if you want a like laser eye surgery, then let me know because I know somebody who does. You know who, who does it." <laughs> and I was like. I'm actually really happy with the fact I wear glasses because I like having different looks. I like once in a while having my lenses in and being able to like, you know, stick a hat on and look different. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was just like, wow, like that, it made me feel like, is the world really that superficial that Mm. wearing glasses is something that you feel you don't want to do because you don't like the way you look. And I remember just saying, I'm really comfortable with the way I look. So no, I don't want the person who does your laser eye surgery. (laughs) I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was just in shock, but well, there, there you go. That's another thing, isn't it? We need to stop commenting on other people's appearance. It's yeah. not wanted, no matter what it is. And you know what? When Even when you're seemingly saying something positive to somebody, like that was obviously him wanting to say something positive, yeah. or someone saying, oh, you look great, you know, you look like you've lost weight. That is not a positive thing, because all you're doing is perpetuating this mm. issue of what we're actually supposed to be. If someone loses weight because they want to feel more comfortable in their body because that's their natural size that they're trying to get down to that's fine you know but if somebody who is six foot and quite well built because there are women that are a certain build and you're not going to be a petite size six if you're a tall you know size 12 or whatever that's naturally not going to happen to you so I just think it's about being comfortable in our own bodies not commenting on other people's appearance and bodies it's none of our business what somebody else looks like and you know, if it's a really, obviously that's, it's within limits, isn't it? If it's a close friend and someone says something nice to you, you that you can take nicely, mm. that's different. But when honestly strangers are saying things to you or, you know, don't touch another person. People used to pick up my wrists and go, oh, wow, your wrists are so skinny. I mean, don't touch me to tell me. I know that my wrists are skinny. I didn't choose them. But now I'm at an age where I go, this is why I called my page what I called it, which is Spiral Legs, Miss Spiral Legs, because I am now just embracing, yes, yeah, so what? I'm a little bit skinny. I'm not going to suddenly change. My legs aren't going to be any bigger than they are. So I'm going to dress in a way that makes me feel comfortable about them. And it's okay that I don't get them out in the summer because I don't have to say, oh, I love them. I'm going to wear shorts and a short skirt and show off my legs because everybody has parts of their body that they're more insecure about. But I am going to say, this is who I am. It's not going to change. And, you know, if if it's a problem, then it's not my problem anymore. It's really funny because you spoke about, obviously, your Miss Sparrow legs as your Instagram. My husband calls me big legs. And for a long time, <laughs> I was like, why are you wearing big legs? He's like, I like your big legs. And I was like, and the reason why I've got big legs is because I used to run as a child. So my legs became really muscular. So even though... I didn't realize the impact they they would have where everyone, other people have got really slim legs. Mine are, they're not chunky, but my calves are quite, are quite muscular. And um, I only realized this a few years ago, actually, that it's because of the running, but he calls me big legs. And, and like, I have to laugh at it now because actually it's a compliment because he's got really slim legs and we're the opposite way around. You know, normally I'd be like, Oh my God, I, I was like, I would love to have your, you know, you can wear skinny jeans and you should make, I've made him buy skinny jeans because he's got such nice skinny legs. Yeah. So it's just really, really funny. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we're going to round it up and I just want to ask the question that I always ask at the end, which is why don't we talk about it? So I feel like there's a lot more discussion about it, but like you said at the beginning, 
a lot of people speak about being um, kind of bigger people and positive body image around if you're larger, but it's not really spoken about sort of if you're slimmer, which is so interesting, mm. which is why this conversation has been so interesting. But I feel like also it takes a lot of courage to to talk about body image because mm. people are scared about being judged. And also I feel like they're scared about the backlash, just standing up for yourself and actually having this conversation. So why do you think people don't talk about body image? Yeah, I think it's the same, you know, like we said about so many topics where it's seen as um, something that's private or that has some sort of taboo attached to it. You know, in our culture, we don't generally talk about our bodies and we wouldn't necessarily talk about, you know, our breasts generally, let alone whether they've changed or haven't changed, you know, or different parts of our bodies. But I think when we talked about, I, th- I think we do talk about body image a bit more. I don't think we talk about it in, enough in terms of men's body image. I think certainly mm. men um, have the pressure the same that way that we do to look a certain way or be muscular or have a certain body image. When you look at the men's magazines, it's the same. It's one image and one type mm. of body. And so we don't talk about it enough in those terms. I think for women after they've had babies, Maybe you just feel like, you know, that it's a petty thing to talk about. Actually, I've had a baby and am I allowed to say that I feel sad about this? You know how we talked about the mourning of our bodies, you know, why aren't we allowed to just be sad? It's okay to say, oh, I really miss how my body was. I miss my flat stomach. You know, I miss having... Uh, being able to wear skinny jeans or I miss certain things it's okay for us to talk and I think the reason we don't talk is because we haven't grown up in a way where we're able to be open about so Mm. many different topics whether it's menopause whether it's divorce whether it's um you know our marriage or whatever it is and slowly but surely those conversations will open up so it's another topic that we need to add to the list to say look let's open up these conversations let's share our vulnerabilities that's another thing isn't it you say why don't we want to talk all the things that we've spoken about that might have a taboo or might have a stigma show our vulnerabilities and we're very I don't know whether it's culture whether it's this country whether it's just society as a whole, whether it's the world, I don't know because I'm not everywhere. Mm. But the way I see it within my world is where we don't often want to share our vulnerabilities. We always want to show up as happy and we're okay with this and this is all right. And actually we don't say, today I'm feeling a bit sad or today I'm feeling a bit this way. And we need to own all of our emotions and show up as a whole. You know, I think as I've got older, like I talk more to my parents about certain things and I think, wow, I've talked about that and I would never have said that before, you know, relationships with other people in the family maybe or standing up for myself and saying, no, actually that person says this about me. So I don't want to see that person and it actually being okay now. So I think times are moving on, but the reason we don't talk is we're just not good at sharing our vulnerabilities. And I think we will get better. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think these conversations and even what you're doing on your Instagram is amazing. Talking about Instagram, how do people find you? Where do they contact you? How can they learn more about you? So my Instagram page is Miss underscore Sparrow Legs. Um, so you can find me there. If you're not on um, Instagram, I have got a Facebook page, which is just called Sparrow Legs. Um, at some point, there might be a website. At Ooh. some point, there might be some other things going on. Look out for, obviously, my book release of my children's book in February. But I will carry on doing all I can to make this a better world for children. I want them to feel happy in their own skin. And I can see it in my children already. Mm. So if I can do it at home, I think everybody can do it. And if I'm able to share 
ways that we can do that and make that change happen, then I will be happy. Thank you, Nupa. I will share all your details in the notes as well of the podcast, but I really appreciate you just talking and being so open. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate and review it. If you know somebody who needs to hear this podcast, please share it with them. Remember, you can find the podcast on Instagram just by searching Why Don't We Talk Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, just find me at I am Rena Ravalia. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.